Hey everybody, how's it going? It's For The Record, episode number 97. Hope everyone is having a great start to the week. Got an episode coming to you today on Monday. Um, we've got a lot of episodes coming up, and I'm inc- I'm unbelievably excited for the one that we have going up today. Um, and I'll, I'll explain more in just a moment. Uh, first, I would love to thank our lovely sponsors, as always, for this episode of For The Record Podcast. Audible.com, your premier source for all online audiobook needs. Um, over 180,000 titles to choose from, literally any genre you can think of. Um, for example, the one ex- the one example I use all the time when I tell people about Audible is um, I recently read Born a Crime, uh, the autobiography from Trevor Noah, the host of uh, The Daily Show. He's a really wonderful comedian. Um, and it just it adds a whole new dimension and layering to, to a story. Um, it, it, I use it a lot for um, biography stuff, particularly autobiographies, but I know people who've used it for fiction. I know that um, uh, someone I know once got uh, the, the science fiction book Ready Player One, and it was read by Will Wheaton, and it was I heard bits and pieces of it, and it was fantastic. So I highly recommend it. If you want to give it a try for yourself, go to audibletrial.com slash shamelesspromo. You can sign up there and get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. So once again, audibletrial.com slash shamelesspromo. Today's episode is Mr. Rob Paulson. If you don't know who Rob Paulson is, I, I actually guarantee you do. You may just you just might not know the name. Um, but Rob was a freaking phenomenal guest on the show. Rob is a voiceover actor and has done the voices for so many cartoon characters over the years. And when I say that if you haven't heard of him, I guarantee you probably have. Uh, Yakko Warner from the Animaniacs, uh, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, and Carl Weezer from The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron and Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Uh, he's he's been in so many different cartoons. I when I walked up to him, we did this interview at Hydra Comic Con in Santa Clara, California. Uh, it was it it was an it's a newer Comic Con event. It's on a it's on a smaller scale, but at the same time, it's more it's it's more focused on comics and cartoons and uh, video games and things like that. Um, and it, it was very fun. Uh, we but I talked to Rob um, after he did his signings and uh, photos with fans, and uh, I was wearing a Chippendales Rescue Ranger T-shirt, uh, the old Disney cartoon, and uh, he started telling me that he had done voices on that show and I looked back at IMDb and lo and behold he was he did several of the voices for characters I mean his his IMDb his IMDb page is ridiculous so go and take a look at it um, if you ever get a chance um, but uh, he did some voices we talked about cartoons it, it was it was so awesome um, Rob is gonna be part of uh, speaking of Animaniacs at ID 10 T fest uh, this Sunday, he's going to be doing Animaniacs Live. And so it's basically in a panel moderated by Chris Hardwick, the festival's host. Uh, he's going to be performing some songs from the Animaniacs Live in in the character voices. And it's... Um, I cannot wait for this. So we'll be at the festival all weekend covering, uh, so we'll be sure to include some photos from that as well up on shamelesspromo.net. Um, but I think I've done enough blabbing for once. Uh, let's get this, again, such a fun interview. I'm so, I'm so grateful for having Rob come on the show and talk about just his career and uh, the Animaniac show and everything, everything that's coming up. And just, I don't know, it just made me feel... Um, Talking to him just made me feel very happy about 
about life and just it's always nice to see someone who loves doing what they do and genuinely loves it and enjoys every moment of it um so rob you're a hell of a guest all right episode number 97 of for the record with rob paulson enjoy Did you, were you there? Yeah, I was there. Uh, the, Isn't that weird? I mean, I love it. I just, it, it's so much fun. <laughs> it's so awesome, but it's so cool. Like, years ago, I mean, when you think about cartoons and you think about animation and the mm-hmm. way that it's done and you look at, um, I guess, the impact it's had, you don't see that. I mean, there's there's great, I mean, there's great cartoons that are coming out of it, but there was this just crazy renaissance oh, of shows because oh, I, I would talk with friends about it and say, like, were we, like spoiled with shows and we're just kind of like after we name off like 25 of them we're like yeah I think we are isn't that interesting <laughs> yeah yeah I obviously uh, I, I have a vested interest in agreeing with you <laughs> but I gotta say man uh, I, maybe it's just because I've been involved with some really good ones I mean yeah Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain hold up so beautifully oh my god they absolutely do and <laughs> we certainly knew at the time that they were really going to be good and Steven Spielberg and he's, you know he can't help it it's gonna it's gotta be good oh yeah but a 40 piece orchestra for every half hour and <laughs> Tom Ruger who was you know one of the geniuses putting it together but when you're working with and for Steven it's just you get the best of the best but everybody the writers the musicians the composers Unbelievable, and and the proof now, twenty years later, is pretty stark. Yeah. Um, so there was certainly Jared. It seemed to me kind of like a maybe a um, our golden age of animation. Yeah. In which I was able to go from Ninja Turtles to The Mask to The Tick to Chip and Dale, yeah. Duck Ray, Duck um, Duck Tales. Um, Oh my God! You know, Darkwing too. Duck, yeah. um, Tiny Toons, <laughs> Tasmania, Jimmy Neutron, um, just, uh, on and a uh, Mighty Max. I mean, yeah, it just went on and on and on. The stuff, uh, the Tick, um, Pinky and the Brain, and 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 Freakazoid, and oh my God, I remember uh, Freakazoid. You know, um, then in the Nickelodeon, I did Jimmy. Started with Jimmy Neutron, and then Fairly Odd Parents, and. Cat Scratch and Ninja Turtles again. Oh yeah, and, uh, they did the reboot of that. Jesus, so I, <laughs> I have been incredibly fortunate, and uh, that was a great time to be in to like cartoons. Yeah, everything. Disney Afternoon, Warner Kid, you know, Kids WB. 
It was fantastic. Yeah, it was all over. Batman. Are you kidding me? Oh my me? god, the Batman yeah. animated series. Yeah. I still love the hell out Fant- of that show. Matter of fact, next Tuesday my podcast. I'm going to have Kevin Conroy and Paul Dini and and oh, uh, Alan awesome. Burnett, the producers and the star of Batman the animated series. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah I I watched the hell out of that mm. show whenever it was on because it was like it was that barrier where or it was that not barrier it was that crossover where you got an animated show but it was also kind of dark oh, and totally. it had that and I was just like you kind of felt like as a kid you shouldn't be watching it right, but at the same felt, time it still held up and absolutely. it wasn't that like no it didn't intense. feel like a kid show yeah and oh, it, it was wasn't awesome. even though you know it, 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 it even though it ostensibly I suppose was but not at all man it, 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 it's a it got pretty dark. Inte- very yeah. dark yeah <laughs> and then well, and I definitely think that um like, I mean, when you look at, like, what Chris Nolan did with those films, oh. and Tim Burton, and it's just, like, they put, all these directors put these different takes on it, because there's so many ways you can yeah. go with that franchise, but, my God, that animated series is oh, still, man. like, it's the, it's one well, of the my staples. kid, my kid loves Chris Nolan, loves the whole Batman yeah. franchise, but he says, man, as far as I'm concerned, Kevin Conroy is Batman, and Mark Hamill is the Joker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're really great performances in that fantastic show. It blew my mind a few years yeah. ago when I found out that Mark Hamill was the Joker. About because that. I didn't know that, and I'm yeah. just like, oh my god. Because like, I knew him, obviously, in Star Wars from mm-hmm. my childhood. Sure. And then I was like, he's been there, too. Didn't even realize that. Well, and Alan Burnett, who oversaw the whole thing, and Paul Dini, and, and uh, Bruce Tim. Oh my god, they're so... Uh, Eric Radomski, they just did such a fantastic job of that. Yeah. Um... One of the questions I'd had for you um, about voice acting, I know from doing research and things that you, one of the first, I think it was the first role you said you did was in uh, G.I. Joe yeah. cartoon. Mm-hmm. How did you, I guess, how did you come about that in terms of going from not d- having the voice career yet to getting to that first gig? It was just a, a simple audition. I, I came to L.A. and uh, many, many years ago to do live action stuff, TV, movies, commercials and I did I was doing episodic television a whole bunch of on-camera commercials um, quite a bit of music seeing jingles and I'm a I read music oh very cool and uh, I was doing you know traditional TV and movie stuff and my agent said um, have you ever thought of doing animation I said well absolutely but I figured it was a pretty closed group of people you know because they're nothing like today where there are I don't know how many ch- channels just devoted to animation, yeah. <laughs> DVDs, video games. I mean, that was not around when I went to L.A. So it was just Saturday morning stuff, and a handful of actors did most of it. And I said, I would love to do it, but I, you know, it's great. Well, they're they're auditioning for this and that, and so I went to audition for G.I. Joe, and I was familiar with the action figures when I was a kid, uh, but they decided to make it a cartoon, so... I went, and the same company was doing Transformers, and so they said, hey, come on over and audition for Transformers. That's awesome. <laughs> I did, and one thing led to another, and that's how it got started, as a result of just a general audition. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's fantastic. And I mean, did you ever, and this, I mean, this is kind of the generic journalist question, but did you ever picture it spiraling into the career that it is now no. with all of the <laughs> with all the different roles and not at all the versatility I, of it thank you I um, I wanted to work and I still love I just love to work and be creative I did not come to LA with uh, a specific idea of how I was going to perform 
I started as a singer who became an actor and then started doing animation acting. But none of it was specific. I came to LA to be in the entertainment industry yeah. and be a performer. Um, when the opportunity to do animation presented itself, I took it, I started being successful, and then about seven or eight years after I started doing um, animation, <clears throat> I said, you know, I think I'm really going to just devote all my time just to doing cartoons. But certainly when I got the first two or three, I mean, started working, it was great fun. I got to work with incredible actors who, many of whom I recognized from television, and they were doing cartoons, and they really helped me out. But I got to work with people whom I'd, whom I'd listened to growing up. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, but certainly I had no idea that 30 years later I'd be sitting here going, wow, I, I've done a few of these and people really <laughs> enjoy them. And I, I think the only people who, the only person who enjoys it more than the fans are me. I, it is me. I'm, I'm so grateful that people like you and your listeners have paid attention and that, and that it turns out that some of these characters have really been important to the people. I'm, I'm incredibly flattered by that. Yeah. Humbled. I, I mean, it's... Well, and that was the, one of the coolest things about that panel that you had done earlier. It was just... I could tell that... Not just from you, but from everyone that was up there. You guys just... You love it. Like, oh, my it's God. It's so genuine, and it's so... I mean, the fact that you went into, like... Without without a beat, you were just like uh, someone said, "How much of this of the Yakko song you remember?" And then you just, and you went in yeah. and just did the whole thing, um, and it was just I don't know. It was a very cool moment, and it was a totally I could tell how sincere. Well, thank it was. you, and it, and it is not contrived. Um, I utterly feel that way, and I've done that song so many times for so many people, <laughs> and of course the conversation often ends up with somebody saying, you know. Are you sick of people asking you to sing that song? And I said, not a bit. I, the, That's the, awesome. The problem comes when people stop asking. You know, this um, this is a remarkable way to make a living, and I've been able to do it for close to forty years now. Yeah. Um, uh, I never take that for granted. It, it can go away real fast. So I don't have much sympathy or or patience with actors who get bent out of shape if people ask them to do something or would you mind doing it this or saying yeah. this thing and would you mind saying this phrase hey man if you don't like doing it get out of the business and they'd be back in five seconds because it, nobody ever shoves a gun in your mouth to be an actor and if you're fortunate enough to become successful to the extent that people want to hear you do a signature phrase or voice or whatever yeah. then do it do it and be grateful Adam West God rest his soul my god yeah. was gentleman right up until the end absolutely got how fortunate he was absolutely got how important his character was to millions of fans and he would always give the fans extra time and always took time to say whatever they wanted him to say as Batman yeah just a delightful man and totally got how incredibly fortunate he was and it was a joy being around him. he was don't have to be my father and it was really wonderful to see how he behaved with the fans and true class. He great always guy. he always seemed like uh, just in anything that I'd seen uh, like video wise or interview wise he just he genuinely seemed happy. But he'd also like he took on roles that were very just fun. Yeah, like oh, with yeah. Batman, like and, I mean in Family Guy he played yeah. himself, himself, Mayor Adam West, because <laughs> he got 
what his bread and butter was. You know, we all, actors, we all believe we can do any role, and, and that's great. That's the, that's the creative spirit, the competitive spirit. I love that. I don't ever want to lose that. But, man, oh, man, if you're lucky enough to have even one iconic character, especially like Batman, yeah. that's a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam chose to, in, uh, in my view, chose to look at that as an incredible gift and say, well, I'm going to ride this pony as long as I can. Yeah. And if it turns out that at 85 years old, people want me to say, um, careful, Robin, <laughs> then I'm going to do it. Or if Seth is going to hire me to be on Family Guy and pay me a lot of money to be myself, I'm going to do it. And I, I really admire that. I, I really do, because um, there are a number of actors who get, uh, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, typecast, or people know them specifically for yeah. a role, and they get really bent out of shape about trying to find a way to convince people that they're more than what people know them for. Yeah. And that's fine, but I just love the way Adam embraced it. William Shatner does the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. George Takei does the same thing. They embrace what it is that got them the, the famous and wealthy, and they try new ways to reinvent themselves. But but if it turns out that people want to hear, you know, a, Bill, a, a, a Captain Kirk kind of guy do Priceline commercials, yeah, then go ahead yeah. and make a million bucks doing it, and everybody's <laughs> happy. So anyway, I, I really admire and respect how Mr. West comported himself, and he was, he was the real deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember I saw um, William Shatner did an appearance at Silicon Valley Comic Con mm -hmm. uh, couple months ago yeah at the end of April and he was like I mean he he was very much he's very comedic but at the same time when he talked about Star Trek he was extremely into it and then you look back at his career and he was in the Priceline commercials he was in Boston Legal which was a great dramatic, great amazing show yeah um, but stuff like that so yeah it's all about I mean it, just like you said it's just about appreciating it well, just it really is about it. as they say having an attitude of gratitude I a day doesn't go by that I don't think, oh my God, I I really, really was born under a lucky star to be able to go to work every day, do something you would essentially do for free, yeah, <laughs> and work with people that you would choose to be your personal friends, people whom I've worked with for 25, 30 years are still my good friends with whom I go to baseball games or concerts or have them at my house or go to dinner. So you choose the people you who are your personal friends to work with and then they pay you a lot of money, and then I get to go and meet people like here at HydroCon and talk to nice folks like yourself, and and people are interested to hear what I have to say. And yeah. I'm so utterly humbled by the whole experience, and I, I just want to do more of it. That's awesome. That's so cool to hear, and that's, Thanks, that's so wonderful to hear. Um, I, you mentioned earlier that you were um, a singer, and I mean, obviously from cartoons, that yeah. you had musical numbers and things like that, mm -hmm. and with Animaniacs Live and different things like that, but... Um, what was your, I guess, what was your first introduction to music? And I asked that because the site, I actually started the site that this podcast goes on and the podcast based solely in music. Oh, so I started interviewing bands and artists and for singers and things like that. And then that started to lead into comedians and actors and writers and things yeah. like that. But um, the music thing uh, struck a chord with me, no pun intended. No, uh, <laughs> I got it. I should, um, I'll make a note of that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, that right. I don't want to cause any treble. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, when was I guess what was your first kind of introduction to music? Or you know your, what yeah. I have to 
credit my parents, my mom and dad. I have a brother and two sisters, and both, I mean, all my siblings and my parents um, were all performers. Um, usually on local theater and stuff like that, you know, community theater, high school in my siblings' case. But music was a huge part of our lives growing up, always on, always being played. And my parents were very, I mean, you know, like most kids, I like popular music. And uh, I grew up in the era, era of the Beatles and, and, and everybody that came after that, the British Invasion. So big, 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 big rock and roll fan. Nice. And um, my parents were all about saying, you know what? You can listen to as much Led Zeppelin and The Who, uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and Steely Dan. You can listen to it all day. But you also have to listen to Prokofiev and Mahler and Schumann and Debussy and Mendelssohn and Shostakovich and Stravinsky and 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 you also have to. We're going to ex expose you to music that we liked when we were kids. So you get to listen to George and Ira Gershwin and and um, um, you get to listen to uh, uh, Johnny Mercer and um, Kander and Ebb and and uh, uh, God Jimmy Van Heusen and and. and you know, Rogers and Hart and Rogers and Hammerstein and Jerome Kern, all this great American music. Yeah. So I was coerced by my parents to say, okay, listen to rock and roll, but listen to this too. And then I found how much rock and roll was inspired by a lot of the music that my parents required me to listen to. So much so that I became a fan of all the music. So I like listening to Lester Flatt and Earl Scruggs as much as I list, like listening to um, um, Stefan Grappelli, as much as I like listening to Jeff Beck, as much as I like listening to David Gilmour um, or Johnny Winter or, or uh, Robin Trower. You know, it's just, I just love good players. Yeah. Uh, Eric Clapton. Um, but the same thing with music. I can listen to Frank Sinatra and Peggy Lee and um, um, Billie Holiday and uh, Perry Como and, 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 and Tony Bennett all day singing the most phenomenal songs, many of which are 70 or 80 years old. Irving Berlin, Cole Porter. These songs are utterly timeless. Yeah. Um, so... I really owe my parents uh, my deep love of music and, and uh, an appreciation of, of fine players and fine singers and fine writers. It was utterly the result of my parents' influence. And uh, it was my first love to sing and then to learn to sing in character just because it made me happy. Yeah. And you never know how things conspire to be... Uh, available to you at the most opportune time so I'm sort of the living embodiment of that phrase that luck is when opportunity meets preparation and so when Animaniacs came around uh, here I am in my th early 30s uh, with a brand new Steven Spielberg project met, uh, much of which will be music driven um, and I'm up for the lead part on the show, which is going to require a shitload of singing. <laughs> I knew that I was ready, and it wasn't—it was confidence, not arrogance. I just thought, "Oh my God, this is really paying off." My singing, as much as I love it, for its own sake, and then creating characters, and then singing 
my favorite songs as characters I created, learning how to put different placements in my voice, and then learning how to be an actor and incorporating all that. Holy shit, this really came to be uh, available to me at, at an incredibly convenient time. Yeah. Right? So I am utterly prepared. I'm utterly confident. I now have the opportunity. That's what luck is. Absolutely. And I was ready, and here we are now, 20 plus years later after Animaniacs, talking about something that I (laughs) knew I was completely ready for, but I never knew when I was being prepared for it that that is what I was preparing myself (laughs) for. Isn't that interesting? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just, it's... It's life, mm-hmm. but like I think it's the best. Exactly it's right. The best definition Jared, of life, it's life and the way that it that it goes in that sense yeah. that it'll come along and you're you're fully prepared for it, but you don't know that that is the thing. Right, and I think that you can determine that at an early age, and you're a young person, and I I was younger than you when I determined um, that I loved performing, whatever that Jones is, yeah, whatever that chemical thing that happens in my brain. Um, oh my pinky Narf sorry um, whatever that happens whatever that is that happens I have it now at 61 just like I did at 10 so whether I was performing for my aunts and uncles or my mom and dad or made my friends laugh or made myself happy by my you know recording myself by myself yeah I have the same excitement and desire to be creative and bring a bring smile or thought or whatever to an audience or, or entertainment that I did 50 years ago. It never changes. The only difference, I think, was that I knew how much that meant to me at an early age, and so I kind of worked really hard at preparing myself. But I didn't know that it was preparing myself. I just knew that it was fun. Yeah. And I'm passionate about it. So I chose to follow my passion. That's wonderful. I mean, that's and it, it it it's so clear just being here and seeing that and and just talking with you that there's this genuine excitement about it and Thank just you. this it just it's just so cool and I mean it just the fact that is going back to something you said earlier even the fact that we're talking about Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and that that those shows are back on Netflix right now. like and I, they're doing great yeah I know they're doing I, got, I actually watched it last night in preparation for this oh I thank a you very of... much <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> hey Yakko hey how you doing Jared I'm good, good to see you come up to the water tower anytime you want <laughs> wonderful yeah. thank you <laughs> bring a chick will ya I'm in the baby chicken that's what I meant good night everybody <laughs> yeah um, man like those shows are so particularly Animaniacs <sighs> was so rapid and when you're doing one of the questions I had was in terms of the voice um, in terms of like the voice sessions with that because when you're I'm watching that show it'll go from one joke and then suddenly there's another reference that's thrown in and then over here and then it, right. and then there's music and it's all thrown in what are those sessions like in terms of oh my god um, are you doing it solo are you doing it as a group no we're, we were always together okay and I wish <laughs> I don't even know how many times I said to, uh, to Tress and Jess and Frank Walk just saying oh my god I wish we could videotape this because this is the show. Yeah. This right now is the show. Um, truly an, a, a ridiculous experience, the likes of which I will never forget. And that's why I love talking to folks like you because I get a chance to remind myself how really lucky I, I have been. Um, but the, those scripts, and you get it, 
you're a journalist and you're in the entertainment business and you know you get it but uh, all of what you described the fact that the jokes were very fast and they didn't wait for you to catch up it was on purpose that the show did not condescend to the audience um, it was written on two different levels on purpose so that the kids would get a kick out of you know dropping an anvil on baloney the Barney knockoff you know squishing them um, but mom and dad would be hearing references that are cultural or, or, or political references that would get their attention just like Looney Tunes just like Rocky and Bullwinkle and Mr. Spielberg and Tom Ruger and Gene McCurdy and the folks in charge of Warner Brothers animation at that time and and doing the show that was all by design and the proof of their genius is, is evident now because of what you were just saying and you watched Animaniacs last night yeah and it is every bit as relevant in terms of its of its entertainment value and and happy quotient than it's ever been it's fantastic yeah and I can watch it now objectively because I've been away from it for a while and I'll, I'll sit and I go Jesus Christ you know what that is really clever yeah it's very clever they're referencing Gilbert and Sullivan they're referencing Mel uh, um um, what's his name? The, um, God, I, not Mel Brooks. The, the, Mel uh, Blanc. Yeah, Mel Blanc. But I mean, um, who's the Mel Gibson? You know, the, oh, Christopher Walken. Mel, G all these guys doing <laughs> cameos, just like Humphrey Bogart and uh, uh, um, Edward G. Robinson and uh, Peter Lorre did in Looney Tunes from the '40s and '50s. Yeah. So. I was so grateful to be part of it, but I have to tell you now, I'm even more grateful now because it it's enjoying a sort of mini renaissance. Yeah. And about two, three weeks ago, there was a little blurb floated online about the about uh, the fact that there might be an Animaniacs that. reboot. I remember that. I know nothing about that, <laughs> but I do know the the little mini miniature waves that were created in. in in pop culture I mean within 10 minutes my Twitter feed was going nuts <laughs> and it was a big deal there were people yeah. on there were folks uh, doing the morning shows in respective cities around the country saying hey check this out man uh, Animaniacs uh, Steven, Steven Spielberg says he wants to do Animaniacs again and it's on this and it's on that it blew up for a couple of days Yeah. so what that tells me is regardless of whether it is a reboot I mean that would just be a miracle. Oh God, it would be awesome. I would lose my mind. Yes. But regardless, it just shows me how deeply loved that show is. Yeah. And I got to be a part of it. I mean, I'm, my God, how, how incredibly lucky am I? I, I, extremely lucky. Right? I mean, I would absolutely say that. I yeah. know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, uh, oh, there was something I was going to say. It was about Animaniacs and it was about the... Oh man, I totally lost my train of thought. That's oh, okay. Um, it was about the oh, it was about the impact of the like the news of the reboot and yeah. the, and what was going on. It's like that's I guess the blessing and the curse of the internet in that it's oh, it's right. like oh it's a news piece, but oh we didn't confirm this. It's not necessarily true, but at the same time, it shows you people still really oh, care. Oh my god! And like I can't even imagine what your Twitter feed looked like at that moment. It was well <laughs> okay. I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, I I have I'm I'm. Growing my Twitter follow. By the way, folks who want to listen, or who want to uh, uh, hook up on uh, uh, Twitter, it's uh, at Yakko Pinky, Y A K K O P I N K Y, all lowercase, all one word. At Yakko Pinky is my Perfect. Twitter feed. 
um, Rob underscore Paulson on Instagram and um, uh, I think it's Rob Paulson voice actor on, um, on Facebook. Facebook yeah yeah I have a podcast called uh, Talkin' Tunes. Oh, I was about to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. T-A-L-K-I-N apostrophe T-O-O-N-S. Uh, we were just, we were just um, uh, actually two weeks ago, I signed a deal with Nerdist. And, um, Congratulations. Our, merch, our mutual friend, Chris Hardwick, we're going to be doing my podcast as an on-camera version. Um, oh, that's on awesome. the Nerdist Network. And Fantastic. Thank you. And we just did the very first one last Tuesday, and it was my friend the brain, Maurice LaMarche, and me. Awesome. So the first Nerdist podcast of Talking Tunes is going to, on camera, is uh, Pinky and the Brain. Wonderful. And the next one is going to be next Tuesday with Kevin Conroy, who's Batman, and Paul Dini and Alan Burnett, the creators and writers of uh, Batman. Oh, that's awesome. Series. I have so, to check in and subscribe to it now. Yeah, it's yes. going to be cool. So I'm, I'm on the Nerdist Network now. Um, but I can tell you that uh, with respect to the Animaniacs, you know, reboot, um, I don't know, I, I'm not a, a, you know, a Hollywood insider, certainly I don't hang out with Mr. Spielberg and, you know, bowl with the president of Warner Brothers <laughs> Animation um, or the studios. But I can say that when I saw that, uh, you know, a little blast, a little blur about yeah. it. I think it was started on IndieWire, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it it wasn't like there was a whole lot of pushback. In other words, <laughs> there was a whole bunch of stuff about it, but I didn't see anything that said, no, 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 no. This isn't going to happen. Mr. Spielberg did not say this. This is a rumor. Now, it may still be a rumor, but it sure looked like a pretty healthy one to yeah. me. Now, again, I, I have no idea whether or not if they do a reboot, they would hire us. I would hope they would, but regardless, the idea that that show that I had the good fortune of being involved with is still able to create a lot of excitement just by dropping the name in in the same phrase as reboot is very gratifying. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, the reaction, I mean, among not only, like, my friends on Facebook and such, but among just, like, the general reactions I saw when the Animaniacs live thing was announced oh, last man. week because we were everybody I knew was like very psyched for that festival and all the stuff that's coming oh, up oh the idiot one yeah. yeah and then that news dropped and we were like what the hell yeah. this is oh, amazing we're so excited and Randy Rogel and I got a, a deal about a year ago with Warner Brothers um, uh, licensing and consumer products uh, Randy Rogel for those of you who don't know is um, the gentleman who wrote most of the songs you like from Animaniacs awesome. he wrote you know, Tunisia, Morocco, Uganda, Angola, Zimbabwe, Djibouti, Botswana, and uh, uh, the states and the capitals, and many, many of the songs. Anyway, we got to deal with Warner Brothers, where uh, by which we're able to uh, take the music of Animaniacs and perform it live around the country. Yeah. Sometimes with big orchestras, and sometimes just Randy and me and a piano. And next weekend, up here in uh, um, Silicon Valley, we're going to be doing it with Randy and me and a piano, and hopefully 500 or so of our closest friends. And I awesome. think Chris is going to. I think he's going to host our panel. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it said he was going to host it, and then uh, you guys were going to do the song, mm-hmm. or that you're going to do the songs. Yeah. So, man, it's a blast, and we and we've done quite a few of them. We're booked around the country, and keep an eye on on my Twitter following. I'll be able to tell people about it. <clears throat> we're constructing a specific Animaniacs live website so that folks will be able awesome. to buy tickets and know where it's going to happen, and. and uh, who knows? We'll keep our fingers crossed. If there's a reboot, that would really juice it up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, do you think there'd ever be a theater tour at some point? God, you never know. <laughs> I, I, we're, we have so... When Randy and I go do it, 
for the audiences. They just love it. It's just a blast. They know the songs. They uh, and often if we're doing with big orchestras, it's great fun because have a big you know 50 foot screen behind us with the con with the cartoons playing and and all of the music and vocals are coming from the stage in real time yeah so it's pretty cool to see the band going dun 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 dun, dun and then I sing you know and it matches the lip flaps perfectly and it's just really cool it's a very entertaining experience awesome that's yeah. so cool um, well we're almost at the end of this okay but, um, buddy I just I wanted to say thank you so much not it was at an all absolute pleasure to speak with you and to, I mean, you did the voices, which you didn't need to do, and that was no, so awesome. No, it's my awesome. pleasure, Jared. They just <laughs> come out of me whatever, I don't even know why. Oh, my God, Carl Weezer. Yeah. Where did you come from? I came from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I came from Retroville. <laughs> um, One of my favorite things, just as a side note about that character. I is love that guy. When they were... There are scenes where they'll be like doing homework. And yeah. He has the math book. It's called Your Friend the Triangle. Yes. I always thought that, that was hysterical. Boy. Those <laughs> writers and producers are so, so clever. That was a very fun show. Oh my God, it was. Oh my God. It was uh, Steve Odekirk was in, uh, Steve Odekirk and John Davis um, put that the movie together. And then, of course, the, this, the TV show. And then we did a spinoff called Planet Sheen. No, I remember that, yeah. Which was great fun. And um, we did another show with Oda Kirk and that crew called um, Back at the Barnard, which is of where course. I met Chris. Yes. <laughs> Chris was Otis. He played the, uh, the, the part. The Cow. Yeah. And um, that's why I was... I mean, I met Chris, this was, what, 10 years ago? Around that. And uh, I knew right away that that is some special son of a bitch. <laughs> he is a bright, talented, driven individual. Yeah. And man, I was working when he got G4. I was working with him when, you know, things started to expand. And look at this guy, huh? Yeah. Uh, now, last week, I signed a deal with this company. I'm so, <laughs> so happy. But anyway, thanks, man. It's a pleasure talking to man, you. And I appreciate awesome. you having me on Thank your show. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, like I said, it was one really, really fun episode. Um, loved every second of it. Uh, so, again, uh, this episode is sponsored by Audible.com. Visit audibletrial.com slash shamelesspromo to sign up for a free 30-day free trial and a free audiobook. You can follow Rob Paulson on Twitter at Yakopinky, Y-A-K-K-O-P-I-N-K-Y, and on Instagram at Rob underscore Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N. ID10T-Fest is coming this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, to Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, California. So for all your tickets, go to ID10TFest.com. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.